0: Welcome to the Braid Podcast. My name is JJ Caboy. I'm a junior health and human performance major at Berea College. I'm also the chairperson for Braid. You guys don't know what Braid is. Braid stands for Building Revolution, anti Imperialism and Democracy. And today I have Ashley um, back on the podcast. And um, Devin, you might have remembered uh, him from episode three. Uh, And uh, now he's actually back. I'm actually glad that he's actually back. So... Welcome again, Devin, and I'll let you you. guys do your intros.
1: Okay. I'm Ashley Hunter. I'm a psychology and African and African American studies major at Berea College. I am in candidacy for the Party for Socialism and Liberation. Then I'm also in Braid and Socialists of Berea.
2: And I'm Devin Santos. I'm a prospective psychology major. I'm the secretary for uh, Socialists of Berea. I'm in Braid and... uh, just here to cause some trouble.
0: Yeah, and if you guys um, don't know, make sure you tap into our or podcast as well. And you can find us on Facebook, most of um, any brain events, and that's sort where of things going to come through. Um, me, Ashley, Tyrell, um, and Devin, is, as well as Socialist of Berea as well. So tap in on Socialist of Berea's uh, um, Instagram, um, which is just Socialist of Berea. And let's get to it. So we're in the midst of a whole, the potential of a revolution. As you guys know, as of almost two weeks, national uprisings have have surfaced um, throughout the United States. I want to start with our conversation with this. A state that refuses to provide basic necessities, PPE, food, rent and mortgage relief, and pretty much all the supplies needed for a pandemic. A state that refuses to do those things, but can fund and enact violence domestically and abroad, should not, have, should not even deserve the right to exist. Even in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of these revolts, this is due to the centuries and generations of but specifically Africans in the United States. Raising from slavery and, and genocide of indigenous people to um, black codes during the reconstruction era to Jim Crow laws and mass incarceration in the states. This is all the culmination of those things. You see a major immigrant cities burn and looted and a full out revolt, even on top of the pandemic. And for me, I, another quote that just rings in my mind from Kwame Touré, I'm in his Berkeley speech in 1966. This country is a nation of thieves. It's stolen everything it has beginning with black people. The US aren't justified in resistance as a police force any longer. I do not want to be a part of the American pie. The American pie means raping South Africa beating Vietnam, beating South America, raping the Philippines, raping every country you've been into. I don't want any of your blood money. I don't want to be a part of that system. You must question whether or not we want this country to continue being the wealthiest country in the world at the price of raping everyone else. That's where the the of where we are. Even with these uprisings, you've seen the increased police force Literally, the police are literally making the point of protesters by protesting by police brutality, by enacting more police brutality. Right.
2: For example,
0: in Columbus, Sarah Grossman died um, in Columbus, Ohio, due to um, tear grants that was on it, that was enacting mm. on her and fellow, her fellow protesters. And it was initially reported that like she had asthma, but according to her sister, like that wasn't the case. And she literally just graduated from Ohio State, And even as of Friday, I believe, there's 30-plus people Mm -hmm. killed by police um, since these uprisings. And we've seen viral videos in the United States of police just enacting state violence. For example, in Seattle, police also literally based a 9-year-old child, a little girl. Mm -hmm. And the person that that ended up reporting, his name is um, Evan Fritcher. He was literally arrested just from filming that. And it really reminds me of um, the person I can't remember his name now, unfortunately. That Phil Emergard that's still in prison for that. And the amount of violence from the correctional officers that were really trying to kill him. They tried to poison his food and tried to do everything they can to, to torture him to kill him. But he's um, said to be released um, in the middle of July. Most of y'all, if you already know, um, video in in Buffalo, a police officer uh, a police officer shoving a 75 year old.
2: Oh, mm, I've man. seen that one making the rounds. And, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, And literally, like all 57 officers from Buffalo P.D.'s emergency uh, resource teams, they all resigned in solidarity with his officers um, that pushed um, the old person down literally, like, bleeding and cracking his skull. he's literally bleeding out, and they left him there while they continued to terrorize the rest of the protesters. And we've seen white vigilantes get away with murder. Um, the police pretty much, like, detain them and then send them off free for either attempting or actually killing protesters, specifically black folks. So, for example, Timmy Keith Moore... Um, he ran over um, protester, black protester um, Robert Forbes in Fresno, California, and PBD refused to arrest him and even protected him from protesters. If you guys don't know specifically about Big PD, they're notorious for like being a hotbed for white, white supremacists and neo Nazis. And in 2015, um, they killed the most people per capita than any other county in the United States. And police also shot Sean Mateiras. He was a 22-year-old uh, shot by Fajero uh, Police Department. He literally got shot five times, really on his knees with his hands up. He got sh- shot through, um, was shot through his police car. And if VBD uh, sounds familiar, I think it was back in 2019, there was that shot 20-year-old um, Willie McCoy just because he was sleeping in his car. Like 55 bullets in 3.5 seconds. Just imagine 55 bullets just for sleeping in your car, and even one officer that was there um, shot in their case earlier that year for for shooting an unarmed person fleeing from a bicycle, really going away from it. And I know this list is super long, like I just want to talk about two specific ones in particular. So Brandon McCord, um, you might you might have remembered his name. Because he's the one who had like crossbow in um, Salt Lake City to shoot at protesters, and like literally, like a post-game interview, he pretty much like why the event that happened, saying that um, two black men attacked him for saying all lives matter, but this man literally had a whole crossbow and like a sea full of um, white people start beating his ass. Right, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and in Omaha, um, James he he's some... Um, Twenty-two-year-old um person, he was literally killed by a notorious white supremacist and Trump supporter, Jake Gardner. You know Jake Gardner, and he was um the owner of, of of the Hive, which is a bar um in um, Omaha, Nebraska. Literally, the police took Gardner into custody, but they pressed no charges at all. And he literally went on his Facebook, excuse me, bless you, and literally they let him go. He literally like mocked and laughed laughed at the whole incident in his Facebook. And he's, like, known in an area as like, known racist and transphobe and things like that. So what does it say here? Like, I just named out, like, a myriad of um, cases that have happened within the past two weeks. And even Trump's comments, um, considering um, Antifa, or as most people know as anti-fascist, as a terrorist organization, even though Antifa is not really an organization at all. It's a tactic. It literally means anti-fascist. So it kind of shows how the U.S. is a fascist state and literally just admitting it. And um, Attorney General William Barr, he instructed all uh, 56 regional joint terrorism tax forces to search out and apprehend, quote, unquote, Latifa leaders nationwide. So what does that mean <laughs> Everybody. That? It means that... Yeah. anyone yeah, against the every, state. Everyone who's like, out protesting. Yeah, exactly. Any grassroots organizers nationwide means... Pretty much any communist or left, leftist organizer nationwide, they're going to be subjected to police raids excuse me, police raids and pretty much upward investigation. And even in the midst of a whole global pandemic, um, and coming from like my, my experience and in going into these um, protests, we're all be we guys. Like I, I see people like running out water, um, getting like food out. Um, the mutual aid efforts that happen in Indianapolis as well as nationwide. Yeah, you, know, you see that camaraderie, like in the midst of all of this, and even like bringing out masks and hand sanitizer, like it really shows that we're all we got. And the fact that I saw more solidarity with my fellow protesters than the fucking U.S. government when it comes to this pandemic, like shows that, like a state, like I said before, like a state that refuses, um, to. Like, bring the actual necessities, like in the midst of a pandemic, should right. not exist, does not even have the right to. So, that's kind of like where I'm at right now. Um, so, I want to let um, Ashley and then Devin to kind of like formulate your thoughts within the past two weeks.
1: Okay. Um, I just want to bring up the topic of police propaganda because I know you mentioned the 75 year old who the Buffalo police officers pushed until his head was cracked open but just 24 hours before that those same police officers were kneeling with protesters. So I want to say that like solidarity uh, solidarity f- from police officers isn't going to help us. What's going to help us is demanding that those police officers quit their job and work to work against the system that they're working for because like we're never going to be able to reform a system that's inherently corrupt.
2: Uh the main thing I've been looking out for during this is people who are trying to push them in the wrong sort of direction so basically people who don't have a principled understanding of maybe uh leftist thought and uh i'm talking about like the people behind the eight can't wait campaign and things of that nature Mm -hmm. which uh Mm -hmm. while they are out here trying to advocate for some sort of change which i guess is better than nothing it's almost kind of like i'd rather have nothing because these sort of reform efforts have been proven to be just as ineffective. Um, and so I've really been on the lookout, whether it's on my social media or in the news, of getting rid of people that are pushing for reform efforts and unfollowing them and getting them out of my social circle because I only want to be following people who are advocating for the most you know, uh, extreme sorts of change, like abolitionist change. And uh, I saw today uh, there's this movement in response to the 8 Can't Wait uh, campaign called 8 to Abolition. And so it's Mm -hmm. literally was genius. So it's designed exactly like the 8 Can't Wait campaign down to what it looks like in the graphics and the infographics. But instead of these sort of um, toothless reforms that the 8 Can't Wait uh, campaign tried to push, like harm reduction or um, things like that, or I mean like uh chokeholds, uh to ban chokeholds that are required de-escalation things like that. It's um actually advocating for defunding the police or investing in community self governance or demilitarizing communities. And so, um my I, I think it's I think it's really cool. I'm gonna push it today. I'm gonna push it um, you know, for the for as long as I can. Uh and yeah, so that's all to say. The main thing is just being on the lookout for people that are you know gutting revolutionary momentum at any at any step calling them out making other people aware trying to radicalize the people that i have in my own social circles online or otherwise then to really internalize these politics and move them further left so that way these sort of conversations are happening after this uh after the hashtags go away and after people start returning to their um, quote-unquote normal daily lives which i've already kind of noticed a little bit like in the way that people are at least posting online, they're less political. It's more about their daily lives or things that are going. And I understand that we're human beings and we're still living. And like, obviously we should have chances to, we have, we should have chances to do those sorts of things. Um, but I think that the focus is starting to shift and it, it's really disappointing to see because um, it just goes to show how shallow most of people's participation in these movements are, is that, you know, they might get a really aesthetic picture for, Uh, the gram or something where they're holding up a sign or maybe holding up a fist and maybe posting something that seems to be an act of solidarity, actual organizing, the actual education, the homework, the reading, things like that. People are, are shying away from that responsibility. And I think it's really irresponsible um, and just upsetting, but yeah, one of my main jobs is making sure people try to start doing that homework and uh, try to start um, really seeing that they have a leg in this fight.
0: I'm glad you mentioned, um, because like, uh, my whole point of um, podcast, like, I was going to read out um, and outline like, all eight points for eight um, A- to Abolition so that people would know. And also in the show notes, i um, will adding um, not only the website to A to Abolition, but also um, other resources for people to stay um, tapped in and you know, just, like, steer people the right way of... Um, to be in the right
2: way in terms of like political education and right. things like that and there's a lot so, out there there's a lot of resources yeah. out there um i've seen a remarkable sharing of free online books and co- collated resources all in one google docs i know uh ashley led the charge on creating like a sort of um you know one for, for yeah like black so yeah. even even you yeah. kind of yeah. had your hand in that so All across, you know, the Internet, there's people trying to kind of push these sort of uh, resource sharing efforts and to try to make it very accessible and easy uh, to these things. And of course, it it matters whether or not people engage with them. And hopefully they are. But inspiring, at least for me to see so much solidarity across, you know, so much solidarity across the digital spaces that I navigate and seeing how so many people are trying to get the word out
0: i want to talk about um it's a- abolition kind of like later in the podcast but i want to go specifically to the point you made about performative activism because that's like the one thing that was really starting to piss me off um pretty much throughout all this is because i saw a lot of people specifically um, people not only from like my hometown, but also in Berea as well. They're, like, you know, posting, like, oh, Blackout Tuesday or, like, right. didn't really say anything until, like, that should happen. Quite
1: liberals. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty much, like, yeah, that whole bat. Like, I don't even know where to begin because it, it was just so maddening, like, for me because... As, like, someone who's, like, consistently in that work and, you know, seeing, like, certain people, um, like, within, like, their good efforts, um, trying to post things, like, oh, how to be an ally and this and that. But even themselves, I know, like, right. they're not really about it. Or, like, to me, it's, like, really performative. And you even see, like, people, like, praising a lot of, like, these celebrities and corporations for actually saying something, knowing damn well, like, it's just a business mm-hmm. move um for them to say something because like at the time you know we saw target being looted in minneapolis people kind of forgot that that target specifically like they were refusing to give any like medical supplies or any milk like to like help um, as far as like the protesting and that sort of thing and um they deserve to get looted um because they were refusing to do all that and and plus they were like funding the police. And do you guys ever seeing, like that uh, woman who was in the wheelchair trying to like just like stab black protesters? <laughs> target and she got hit. I saw it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something that
2: else. was
0: just ooh. Love yeah, that was, yeah.
1: Like
0: people, re- I don't know. Like to all the people that are like de- like defending these corporations and pretty mm-hmm. much. By like saying, oh, looting is wrong, blah, blah, blah. Why can't everything be peaceful? And everything else, like, no, you're just, like, the way that these folks, like, see the looting and everything, notice that uh, it's such an extension, they see these corporations and see, like, this land as an extension of their whiteness or their extension right. to their proximity to whiteness. And, why, like, even like Malcolm X talked about, like, revolution has always been about land and reclaiming that land back so like so like those people like claiming trying to be self-righteous and talking about like oh like this should always be peaceful and everything blah 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 like first of all writing is a very writing and looting is a justifiable um means of protesting especially like this in this country, like, we're literally founded on looting. The land of which all of us are standing on right now is the right. result of looting.
2: <laughs> I saw some tweets yeah, going right. around. Uh, like, I think it was on the Black Hammer Org page uh, talking about its stolen uh, land that was worked by stolen people. And, uh, I mean, honestly, it makes sense when you have people right. who are upset and stuff like that. And they try to talk about it in this language of criminality. Um, but, you know, Angela Davis, she said once, you know, like, we really have to investigate what is it, what does it mean in the United States to be criminal or to be a criminal? Um, and in a lot of ways, using the language of right. criminality and law and order is a way to, um, that a lot of people in general, I'm not saying just white people, because, you know, I've seen a lot of black people do this too, or anyone, um, you know, try to delegitimize um, those sorts of actions by dressing them up in the language of, uh, Criminality and making them seem like, you know, a complete aberration to anything that's peaceful or normal. When the whole point is is to is to be disruptive, um, and as what you said about performative uh, moves on the part of people, yeah, um, it's really something that we see in corporations too. And I made a post about this because uh, I saw mm-hmm. um, the shader room was like, yo those wrecks, some racist white lady, and, I, and cause you know, when you get on Amazon it says the Black Lives Matter thing, and I was like, he's yeah. the richest man in the world Um, he's literally like, your text mm-hmm. of a you, you know, there. exploitive capitalist and these people who aren't class conscious and who don't understand, you know the economic relations that lead to their exploitation are like, only looking at the racial factor, and they're like, yeah man he's on our side, he wrecked him and I was just like it's it's so much more than that, and it's, 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 like, so upsetting to see that with it because he understands that people aren't paying attention to to that part, you know? Um, and so, yeah, the performative right. part is really it, – it's very frustrating, at least, you know, I know for us.
1: Yeah, and on yeah. um, the topic of looting and, like, peaceful protests, beca- um, those same people that are calling for peaceful protests are the same people that say you need to be peaceful with cops when you interact with them. Right not get shot. And also um, on performative activism, Like I want to urge people to like try to do something that people can't see. So whether it's donating to an organization or donating to a bell fund or making emails or making calls, like there's stuff you can do that won't get mm. you um, clout, I guess.
0: Right. In terms of the looting, like, literally, Jeff is right. about to be a fucking trillionaire. Like, mm-hmm. in the middle of the goddamn pandemic. When... American billionaires literally increased their wealth by 434 billion dollars during fucking pandemic. Like that's just (laughs) professionalized looting. Like, like you can't, you can't really tell me that the same people that are like caring about fucking looting and quote unquote peaceful protests when these are the same people that were mad at Colin Kaepernick for uh, taking a fucking knee and. Like, even, like, I'm going to go, like, slightly on the NFL because, like, the way that they're handling this is, like, it's just peak performativity as finest because, like, they're, like, apologizing about, like, the way they handled peaceful protest and, like, Drew Brees, like, made comments about, like, oh, um, about comments about, like, what's going on and he pretty much, like, saying, oh, this, I... I do not stand for disrespect of the flag and things like that. He got <laughs> freaking fried over it. And then, like, Donald Trump really, um was, like, addressing Drew Brees, saying, like, he shouldn't have to apologize and things like that. Like, he wasn't wrong. And, like, Drew Brees and his, like, PR team um, pretty, much, like, has to, pretty much has, to, like, combat Trump and everything, knowing that it was just kind of fake. Like, I can tell it's kind of, like, fake and performative, but at the same time, like... <laughs> Okay, I guess, and even like a lot of these like corporations, like saying, "Oh, we staying with blah blahs and blah blah blah." Like even looking at like Ben and Jerry's, for example, when like the um the owners and CEOs um got arrested, and people were like, "Yeah, go Ben and Jerry's!" Like I'm I'm just gonna start buying like all their ice cream and everything, even though they have investments in Israel and literally they are part of the BDS list as well. So. Black liberation is not separate from the internationalism, because, like, our fight here is also the same about fighting Palestine. When American uh, police and um, the IDF are um, doing coordinated um, trainings, like, literally some of the tactics that um, the police do here in the States are the same ones that the IDF um, uses on Palestinians and vice versa. And even, like, like, to the comment of, like, the propaganda of, like, um, cops like, dancing with protesters and, um, dancing with protesters. Kneeling with and them.
2: and with yeah.
0: them, yeah. Like, kneeling and, like, trying to have, like, these passion speeches from police chiefs, like, this is all a counter-resurgency exactly. tactic. Like, even, like, even talking to some, like, military folks, like, back in Afghanistan and Iraq, um, what they will do is like teach like the Macarena to like some like the young Afghani's or like the very people that are designed to you know push right. them in their very oh, countries okay. as a counter surgery tag is saying like oh this is not that mm. bad like
2: right. these are so not like teaching them like, um... some.
0: They're cultural great. things are great that the they Macarena. can do
2: with the people there to like make it seem like they're kind of closer to them than they are i didn't know that that's right yeah this is exactly the case
0: there's no like political education to like these protests in terms of like the more of the performing like activism as you like mentioned before Devin, about like you, you're starting to see like more people just kind of like just kind of go on to their quote quote um, normal lives yeah like they will post like a couple of things where we like oh that's my attitude for today but <laughs> i don't have that luxury of just you know pushing that to the side like to me that'd be morally irreprehensible for me to just you know push everything to the side i would like to everything is normal even though around us like this whole fucking country in crisis
2: you know for me um and It's been crazy because I feel like uh, I just feel like sometimes I'll stop and think, am I doing too much? Like, am I drowning these people in this stuff? And I'm like, but then I have this other moment and I'm like, oh, well, you know, like if they really have a problem with it, you know, it's not that hard to unfollow or anything like that. So for me, it's really important to make sure that, you know, constantly keep pushing out this sort of urgency. Um, And I also just want to say, just because I didn't get to that. I really liked what you said Ashley about try to do things that people don't see. Right. I thought that, I don't know, for some reason I was that, that hit in, I think a lot of, especially with um, social media, it's, it's, it's so much about the aesthetic and the spectacle. Um, so I, I think that's a really good message to push is like, try to do more things that people might not necessarily see because those are things really impactful
0: this is the perfect time to get yourself educated, especially in more radical left politics. And, like, we even, like, see it in... um, We see it, like, in the protests that we've been into, as well as nationwide. Um, People are trying, like, to use the tactics of, like, Hong Kong protesters to help here in the States. And I need to, like, push back on that notion because the Hong Kong protesters, their cause is literally, like, CIA-backed. And when people and some of these taxes would not work in the united states because the police would shoot like pointing lasers at officers and putting bricks in certain um alignments so that police can't run through them like because the difference is like chinese police are not a militarized force as compared to like in the states and plus like what like these Hong Kong protesters are literally fighting for the British to come back, or like have like Donald Trump, for example. Um, they literally were begging President Trump to like intervene in Hong Kong, and literally were putting mm-hmm. British colonial flags, which comes from a very right-wing, reactionary um, stance. And even I remember whenever LeBron James he made um, a comment about how there's a owner like an NBA just calling for, like, for freedom for Hong Kong, like, not knowing, like, the facts or anything like that. And that's what LeBron was talking about, was, like, thinking, like, maybe it's just, like, shut his mouth and not make stuff based on misinformation. And literally some of the Hong Kong persons had, like, racist eulogies, like, against LeBron, and were literally, like, spewing, like, racist remarks against them and things like that. And yet, like, some people, which, with good intention, I get some of the tactics, but at the same time... Like, we should be, like, Comparing. careful of who should be looking up. But, yeah, exactly. Because, like, the conditions are totally different. And
2: you're really supporting a whole... And it really comes team, down to so, understanding the class character, like, too. Like, if, if you don't understand the class character of the people that are part of the protests and... And if you don't understand how it's different from, you know, the class character of, you know, the colonized uh, people here in the United States... Then you really you will make that assumption that they're similar because aesthetically they do look similar but um that's really the importance of that political education especially um just something i'm going to keep stressing is that you need to have that you need that so you can make those differentiations and so you can even though the fighting looks the same it's not the same because they're fighting for different things and then in the case you know of this one in particular hong kong for western style bourgeois democracy and then for here complete abolition of, you know, police and this and a lot of harmful state forces. So the, completely different motives. So even though they look the same, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're in solidarity with each other. Uh and the whole LeB- LeBron thing is particularly funny to me because I did read articles that was like he did he might he might not have done it from like a political like a principled political stance, but mainly because of Space Jam twos coming out and China's got a huge market and he doesn't want to like mess with his uh money and like he doesn't want to make it seem like he's anti-china because of that um but regardless you can see how intense of a backlash there was from people in the united states against him but also in hong kong um very uh racist uh characterizations of lebron james because just because he dared to even say that uh so yeah it's, it's really interesting i think my position on it is that we can take we can we can internalize the images we see with like maybe the bricks and the roads we can take these tactics but we need to make sure we push back against uh any sort of comparison or any sort of uh commentary that says that we're in solidarity with the people in hong kong because it's it's simply not the case uh, and like i said with people sharing resources one of them's like this card that people make and it's a this black lives matter card and it's got all these different links i want to i stand with hong kong link so even within parts of you know the black lives matter uh, movement there's some sort of uh lack of understanding about that um and i don't think it's overall you know the most important issue right now um but like i do think it's something that we should be weary about just going
1: forward yeah i wanted to say like we We're, need gosh. international solidarity but not with Um, movements that are backed by the u.s so for example we can support palestine or cuba and venezuela just not hong kong (laughs) and then there's like
2: so many options besides (laughs) hong kong that are a lot more pressing and noble
1: right we're all fighting to abolish police but um but some people like i know they're going to um, conceptualize this whole uprising as the need to vote more and i want to um stress that like we're not going to get uh, our liberation from voting. Like, we need, like, just like we're fighting to abolish the police, we need to fight to abolish the whole system.
0: Yesterday, I went to, um there's a, there a protest, and there's also mm-hmm. a sit-in as well, and um, both the mayor and um, the rep were there, mm-hmm. and they came in and, and, like, spoke with us, and I spoke with, like, the um, president, and it felt like the most performative process ever in my life, because... Literally, like, people were, like, by songs that felt like a cookout atmosphere, and just felt like they just wanted a photo op. And it literally reminded me of the Boondocks episode, wherever um, Huey was uh, trying to get Jasmine out of the lemonade stand. And literally, literally he was out with, like, his um on, ready to fight. But in the back, they are literally, like, seeing Kumbaya and doing some, like, peaceful it's like people living her peacefully, and blah blah blah. It's like that's how like a lot of y'all look like, but never, um, you're out here mm-hmm. chugging and jiving for police. It just really irritates me so much because, like, in Indianapolis, for example, Louis the mayor literally copied and pasted like the use of force policy from back in 2016 and tried to show out for the proposed plan that's going like, to come in. It's just really like made my blood boil so badly, and people were where it's like, it's like, this is why you need to vote. And you saying, like, oh, I want Obama back. And this is why we need to get Trump out of office and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, didn't, like, Joe Biden say that instead of, like, shooting someone at a heart, you might shoot them at a leg, Bro, like, the whole federal, femoral arteries. that's, like, you can easily bleed out and die that way, too. So, like, this is, like, the two options that we fucking have. Like, because I don't, I really don't get it from, like, most of these folks, like, telling people like vote get Trump out of office and blah blah blah. And I heard someone say, like, you need to like vote police out. I was like, I mean, if you lost your time about like sheriffs and police chiefs, I mean, you can't necessarily, you know, vote out police. <laughs> I never felt more angry ever in my life. I was just so fucking pissed. And even in D C whenever I'm the mayor I decided to rename a street Black Lives Matter Plaza and literally have the street paint painted with Black Lives Matter, even though um she was um, playing, I forgot her name. I think it's Mayor Bowser, I think. Yeah, Mayor Bowser. And she literally is, like, on set to build a $500 million prison in D.C. And literally, like, was about to approve um, a police budget to increase police. And yet wants to do some performative shit like this, saying, oh, we stand with you and blah, blah, blah. And you see, like, a lot of mayors doing this. Literally, I think it was, like, last night I saw that Minneapolis mayor um with protesters and some of the organizers was like asked him if they're really supported like the defunding yeah, police. He said no. And they shamed him for it. Literally like, made him do a whole walk of shame. And that was like the most happy I felt in a while because we need start publicly shaming um these public officials and even like seeing um Confederate statues and even like in the international sense. Um I think it might have been Sweden, I believe. Sweet, no, it was Greece. It was Greece. Um, they literally threw Molotovs at the U.S. Embassy, trying to burn it into flames. And then you see um, like statues of like known slave traders, and even like Winston Churchill's statue was getting defaced. And like all, like you see this like global like uprising happening, and like the global solidarity is there. So that makes me hopeful, and. And I know I might have mentioned this earlier, but just for like all my folks that are in New York City right now. So New York City, they suspended habeas corpus. So what that means is that anyone can be arrested um, for anything at any time. And and this is like a tactic used to, quote, unquote, bring more order um, as in the midst of these, um process, even though we've seen time and time again, the police, they're the ones that are signing their fines. They're the ones instigating and agitating people. Same with a lot of these white vigilantes as well. No one is safe out here. Like, no one is going to be protected. There's no such thing constitutional rights uh, for anyone, especially organizers, like, against this fascist state. So, like, just as like, my sliding plea mm-hmm. for everyone to stay safe and act accordingly. And make sure, like, if you're going to protest, like make sure either just leave your phone out and or if you decide to like film or like take pictures, take pictures of the police or the damn guard to protect your fellow uh protesters and organizers. And like I said before, we all we got and even in the midst of um police fires if you end up getting arrested, make sure like you yell out your name. And so that some of your prosecutors can um hear it, and just don't talk to police. Only ask for a lawyer, and make sure that you write like an important number with a sharpie um in your arm or um an arm or a leg or anything that which you can see. And yeah, that's why. Um, right. Yeah, I, like I those are all good else. tips,
1: especially because um going to protest, like, they're bringing in, like, the military and um, the National Guard, like, we need to stay safe more than anything, and then, like you said about the um, D.C. mayor, about how she wanted to invest the millions in building a prison, instead, she could invest that in mental health service providers, social workers, and victims' advocates, because we, like, society has progressed past the need for cops, but if we invested in these types of professions? Like, we could actually do something to help the community instead of right. just arresting them and, and invoking violence on Black people?
0: F- for me, um,
1: I want to actually, like,
0: list out the A to Abolition and go in detail for, like, each of the eight points because it's very extensive. And so, um, the, fr- the um, first point from A to Abolition is to defund police. So, like, what does that mean? That means uh, reject any p- proposed expansion to police budgets, prohibit private, public, innovation Innovation schemes that profit from temporary technological fixes to systemic mm-hmm. problems of police abuse and violence. These contracts and dare sharing arrangements, however probable for uh, technologists and reformists, are lethal. And also that means reducing the power of police unions, um, which further means that until the police are fully defunded, may police union contract ne- negotiations public pressured the AFL-CIO, which is um, the one of the top, like, police um, lobbyists in, um, in um, the country, uh, to denounce police unions, prohibit city candidates taking money for police unions to stop accepting union funds, withhold pensions, and don't rehire cops involved in use of excessive force, and demanding the highest budget cuts per year until they slash um, police budgets to zero. So what does that mean? Slashing so police salaries across the board until they're zeroed out. Immediately fire police officers who have any excessive force complaints. No hiring of new officers or replacement of fired or re- resigned officers. Fully cut funding for, for public relations. Suspend the use of paid administrative leave for cause under investigation. Require police, not not cities, to be liable for misconduct and violent settlements. And abolish asset forfeiture programs and laws. So actually for Foriture um, programs and and or laws, it pretty much states that like if you're ever um, a person, they can literally like take s- some of your assets, meaning like your car, house, like some business it, businesses. If you're ever like charged with a crime or like a felony, for example, and all the times like while the people don't get back in they are found innocent or, um, you know, if you are just held for holding, like they can consider like taking taking those assets as, like, local evidence. And even if you're, like, um, set free, you haven't done anything, they can still keep it regardless. So that's just the first point. Um, the second point is demilitarized um, communities. So what does that mean? That means disarming law enforcement officers, including the police and private security, ending the militarization of Black and brown neighborhoods by ending broken windows policy, precision po- policing, Community policing and all iterations of quality of life police programs, such as like neighborhood policing, quote, unquote, game policing, repeat offender policing, et cetera. Um, Acknowledging that surveillance technologies like CCTV, face printing, DNA and biometric databases, et cetera, are weapons in the hands of law enforcement. Um, and police contracts with any private companies that provide these services and prohibit the experimental design and rollout of in-house systems. Withdraw participation in police military programs and refuse federal grants that tingle police entities within the Department of Homeland Security, the joint terrorism task force and FBI. Prohibits training exchanges between US law enforcement and global military and police entities, such as the IDF, as I have mentioned. These relationships circulate deadly techniques and technologies ex- exporting the american model of like, racist policing worldwide and repealing all laws that hide excuse or enable police misconduct misconduct and number three is the removal of police from schools remove police from both public and private schools and calling on universities to dissolve relationships with police departments prohibit police departments from using city contracts with universities to do IRB data analysis, geographic and community profiling, community computer innovation studies, and predictive analytics. Instead, um, divert funds to public service related studies and community collaborations, remove surveillance tech and metal detectors from all schools, disconnect property taxes from school funding, and school zero tolerance disciplinary policies, Um, and the use of carceral light punishment for students, including suspensions and expulsions that disproportionately target black and brown students, especially um, black girls, um, urge states to repeal truancy laws and prohibit the surveillance of black and brown students by their teachers counselors and school officials through programs that criminalize students and exploit relationships of trust with school officials including countering violent extremism slash targeted violence and terrorism prevention number four um free people from jail- jails and prisons so how does that what does that mean what does that entail so that means the permit the closing local jails permanently Grant clemency to criminalized survivors, um, pressure state legislatures to end mandatory arrest laws, to that lead to the criminalization of survivors of gender violence. Reject alternatives to incarceration that are carceral in nature, including problem-solving courts and electronic monitoring, and uh, corrosive uh, restorative justice programs. Reducing jail by reducing arrest, cut funding. To prosecutor offices and pretrial detention and civil commitment, release all people held pretrial and on parole violations. Make all communication to and from prisoners free, um, and immigration detention and family separation. And let our undocumented community members come home, which means not only the end of ICE, but also um, ending data and resource sharing with ICE. Number five: repeal laws that criminalize survival. What does that mean? Repeal local ordinances that criminalize people involved in sex trades, drug trades, and street economies. Um, Calling on mayors to grant clemencies to criminalized survivors of violence. Um, Repealing local ordinances that criminalize the occupation of public squares, particularly for people experiencing houselessness under statutes against loitering, loitering for the purpose of sex work, bear beating, panhandling, soliciting, camping, sleeping, and public urination defecation. Refusal to deploy police wherever they are contracted in relation to the above. Repeal statutes that criminalize survivors of gender violence, including mandatory arrest and failure to protect laws. On the road uh, to complete decriminalization, immediately decriminalize all misdemeanor offenses which currently count for 80% of total court dockets and all fines and fees associated with the criminal legal Process, including ticketing, cash bill court costs, and parole and probation fees. Number six, investing in community self-governance. So, what does that entail? That means promoting neighborhood councils that represent the bodies within municipal decision-making, access, community needs, and investment in community-based resources, including groups for tenant unions to local shop owners and street vendors prioritizing those from marginal groups. investing in community-based public safety approaches, including non-cultural violence prevention and intervention programs and skills-based education on bystander intervention, consent, boundaries, and healthy relationships. Number seven, provide safe housing for everyone. So what does that entail? Uh, Cancel rent without burden of repayment during COVID-19. Repurpose empty buildings, houses, apartments, and hotels to house people experiencing houselessness. Prohibit evictions. Provide unequivocal support and resources to refugee and asylum seeking communities. Allow community benefits agreements to be a community governed means of urban planning. Making public housing accessible to everyone. Repealing discriminatory laws barring people from. Accessing resources based on income, race, gender, sexuality, immigration status, or history of incarceration. Support and promote the existence of community land trust for Black and historically displaced communities. Ensure that survivors of gender violence have access to alternative housing options in the event that their primary housing becomes unsafe. Provide non-corrosive housing options for young people experiencing abuse or family rejection of their queer or trans identities. Number eight. is invest in CARE, not COPS. So what does that mean exactly? Allocate city funding towards healthcare infrastructure, including non-corrosive mental health care, wellness resources, neighborhood-based trauma centers, non-corrosive drug and alcohol treatment programming, peer support networks, and training for healthcare professionals. Make these services available for free to low-income residents. Adopt a CARE, not COPS model. Invest in teachers and counselors, universal child care, and support for all family structures. Free public transportation and the use of property taxes to determine school funding. Install safe and sanitary, gender-inclusive public restrooms. Ensure investment in community-based food banks, grocery, cooperatives, gardens, and farms. Ensure free and more extensive public transport, especially serving marginalized and lower-income communities. And invest in new programs that promote learning, safety, and community care. So that's exactly what um, abolition means. It's a complete like investment in the community, and not just a outside occupying force um, that we know as like cops and prisons um, and detention centers. So I want to hear you guys' um, thoughts like on like the whole eight points. Well, hear, like I uh, said uh, when I mentioned that. it at
2: first, I just I love it, and I'm glad that um, the people who organized it, which I think they're credited. When you go to the website, you can see all of their Instagram tags and the work that they've done. But um, I'm just really uh, thankful that they did this because when I did see the first, the eight can't wait, I did feel a little bit discouraged. Uh, But instead of just seeing complaints and stuff, um, people on the internet literally uh, rallied together and basically put out something that I can stand behind. So uh, I just, I think it's a really good step and, Um, it's a lot of demands, I think. It's a lot of, like, under each one, there's a lot of things that need to happen. But I also think that speaks to the abolitionist politic as opposed to, like, a reformist politic where um, if you really want abolition, it takes a lot more work than what reformists want. So even though there are more uh, demands that come with this one, I think that that's not something people should shy away from but to embrace um, because it is going to be a lot of work to kind of change how we live in the United States and how we change our own ideas about like carcerality. So, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful for it. And I hope that more people, I hope it gets shared everywhere and that, you know, people really start embracing it as well.
1: Although there are a lot of demands there's, this is completely feasible. So for example, it says like provide safe housing for everyone and um, invest in community self-governance. Like people would say like, where do you get the money from? But we take the money, like we defund the cops and use the money for actual, resources that benefit the black community and then also for people that are still like reserved or not sure about um abolition in general and they go on the reform route like just think that um just think of abolition like the abolition of slavery like no one was asking for slavery reform like that you can't reform a system again that is made to um oppress us because just like slavery, um, policing enacts violence against black people to protect white supremacist capitalism.
0: I actually do have the names of the um, contributors um, to them. I, I will just say their names, but I'll also put in a link to 8 um, um so that um, any- anyone that's currently listening can look through the website and these um, demands um, individually. So, um with that being said, um, so many of the contributors include uh, Mon or Prata, um, Leah Raven, the uh, Amuchi. And just for re- reference, I might be butchering um, their name. So I apologize in heavy advance. Um, Rina um, Sultan, um, K. Uh, Gambini. <laughs> oh, I feel so terrible. Um, Abini uh, Sultan, uh, Hamid, uh, Micah skin guy, uh, Dabrika um Eli um, Duro and um, um, Rachel Kuo. So those were the contributors um, to um, It's an Abolition. And also to um, talk about Campaign Zero's um, It Can't Wait. A lot of these reforms have been tried in other police departments, and they proved like they do not work at all. And for example, like in Indianapolis, like INPD India- I- M- B- I- um, is the largest police force that doesn't have body cams. And we've seen like throughout um, other police departments that even with the dominant body cams, like there's it's still ineffective. It doesn't really do anything. If anything, they just add more funding to police to police. And even like some of like, these like non-biased trainings and things like that, like you're just adding more money to the police. Yeah, you know, I know like L P D like literally like cut like five percent of like their like bloated budget um just to like invest in communities. I think it's like something like around hundred to hundred and fifty million. And like that's not enough at all. Forty percent of Chicago's budget is literally made just for the police department. Like in the same is similar to everywhere else throughout the United States. And that's why we're calling for abolition because clearly, a lot of these states, including on the national scale, scale, they rather put their money in violence than they are even like investing money into the various communities that they quote unquote um, represent. Before before we um close out, I just want to kind of talk about one specific case because all black lives have to matter. All black lives matter. There's no if, ands or buts about it. So um. Who I'm talking about specifically is um, Ion Dior. She's a um, Minneapolis native, and she her story of like how she got um, beat by well dozens of um, black men um, at the time, and it just kind of illustrates that black trans women not only receive violence from the police, but also like within um, black communities as well, and even um turning um McDade, um the black trans i uh, a man that died in Tallahassee. Just a few weeks before. Um, and I'm getting I'm killed by police. So when I talk about Black Lives Matter, that means Black trans lives matter. Black disabled folks' lives matter. Uh, black LGBTQIA plus lives matter. Black houseless folks. Every Black life matters. We had to transition to more, like, Black power and self-determination. Because, yes, we know our life matters. We get that, like, I know that like within my soul. I'm just sick right. like, and tired of convincing other people that my life matters. Moving forward, like we, we have to like move beyond just like our our lives mattering to, to a black power and to a black power and a self determining politics. And even like with that being said, that means also being in solidarity um, with um our folks in Palestine and Syria and then um the fellow view in the Philippines and just, like, global solidarity. We're going to, like, keep sustaining this energy and just, like, dispel all these, like, reformists and performatives and, like, calling it out. And even, like, calling out not only, like, the fuck us of our public officials, but even in our interpersonal lives, like, calling out xenophobia, calling out um, racism and things like that. And also, like, knowing that um, other other issues affect um black and African lives um like ice is a black issue um health and housing and um food sustainability and environment like those are all black issues and it's not just about like police brutality and prisons it's about the whole fucking system and that's pretty much like where yeah I'm sure. um with. I we need to have say that, um, yeah, the out. struggle
1: is intersectional, so, like, if we're fighting for black lives or for black men, we also need to be fighting for, like, like you said, black disabled people, um, fat black people, um, trans trans black people, but basically, like, all colonized people, because um, I was listening to a podcast, and they say, like, if you're not fighting for everybody, you're just um, contributing to white supremacy and blackface.
2: Uh, with the stuff that happened with right. Diana Dior... Especially for me as a gay man, um, and it literally being Pride Month this month um, was really hard to hear about. And you know, there's huge pushes for within the queer community to recognize that most, if not all, of the rights that uh, queer people have today are were because of you know trans uh, women of color like Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. Uh, and so to see that sort of thing happen to Iana was it was just kind of disheartening I'm not even gonna lie like it was just hard to watch and to see um and then I I remember reading in the news like some she was like in an alley and someone came to her and was like I don't know what your little gay ass is doing um because the event surrounding it was like I think she uh accidentally hit someone's car or something and she didn't have money to pay for it and all that so there was this whole thing Um, Mm -hmm. but that's besides the point, they still invalidated, uh, her and, you know, obviously like assaulted her. Um, and I think that goes a lot to, uh, show that there's a lot more work that even within these sort of spaces that needs to be done, um, and finding our common enemy in, you know, white supremacy and our common enemy in the, uh, fascist state, not in each other and not in, the differences that might present themselves within our own movements, whether it be i 'm different because i 'm queer i 'm different because i 'm this or that, but understanding that most of the time when we have reservations or hatred in our hearts and our minds towards people with these differences, those are deliberate um, you know on the part of the ruling class to 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 divide us and to make us seem like we are each other 's enemy uh, and not and and in doing so keeping the attention away from them so yeah like ashley said intersectionality is super important and um i know it sounds liberal but it's super important and uh just understanding that you know queer people queer black people matter as well and you know it's not just about skin color but all of these other differences that are present among humanity um they need to we need to find unity and and not uh and point our direction and attention towards the real problems and not at each other 'cause it it leads to these sort of problems that uh really affect our ability to do work that matters. So Exactly. And
0: um even just like a small like Indianapolis uh, no so um any pride completely cut yeah. the eyes um, with the police department. Literally the whole storm riot was against the police, um like, if you're anti-police, like, bro, no, one, no, no, I'm not, then you have to be pro-LGBTQ, IA+, you know? Even when we talk about all these intersections and, like, being solidarity with the colonized and things like that, um, we must, like, must remind ourselves, even as, like, organizers or, like, people on the left, that our politics are not set in stone. It's not always perfect. That's why you constantly learn and unlearn, and that, like, I'm not you're not near as as near the politics that you think you are. So like that's why for that's why for me I always had to like keep right. pushing myself to keep uh reading theory and also like putting that theory into practice. And that's why I, I want to um emphasize as in the summer and even when we like get back to um classes in the fall. So this has officially been episode 7 on the Brave Podcast. I wanna thank Ashley and Devin to um for coming out and well, like i said um, beforehand um make sure you uh, hit the, the subscribe button and tap a, tap in our um, earlier podcasts as well as our, our future ones as well you can find us on wherever you find your podcast whereas um, apple podcast spotify podcast and also google podcast as well uh, make sure you tap into the social zebra instagram page it's just social of um you can um, find braid on facebook as well and you also um find my myself on snapchat instagram twitter and facebook my instagram and twitter is Boy 7 and my snapchat is Boy. and i'll let um Devin and ashley close out um with their instance as well
1: yeah you want to um, go first Ash- my facebook you can, um, it's just ashley hunter and then you can follow me on instagram at underscore ashley hunter underscore
2: and for me, uh, I'll just say my uh, Instagram because I'm active on there politically. Santos Man 12. Uh, follow Socialists of Berea. It hasn't been too active, but it's going to be a lot more active uh, in the coming months. And then I please implore you to please visit uh, 8toabolition.com. Read some of the demands that abolitionists from the black radical tradition have uh, written down and kind of put into one place post them on your instagram talk to your family members about them talk to your friends about them get outside and do principled political action once again thank you guys uh, for um coming in and
0: also i'll be also p- providing um various resources where it's um books on theory um various go fundings that are going to be placed as well so make sure you tap into that and we hope to he- hear from you guys soon <laughs> and make sure you keep plugging with us